I've been told, you reap where you sow. But do you only reap where you sow? Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Welcome back, everyone, to another potentially explosive episode of Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. <laughs> Why explosive, you say? Well, today we have back with us Reverend Pastor Wade Townley. Welcome, my friend. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing well. Good to be back with you today. Man, we've been looking forward to it ever since uh, the last couple episodes that you've given us on radical evangelism. Are you a radical? Well, some of my friends would say I am. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. I know one thing, you're flirting with being a politician right now. <laughs> I wouldn't want to say that of myself. No. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I can speak for myself, but I have learned so much and so enjoyed the uh, last couple episodes. I think a couple of, of things that really stick out to me just in the sense of uh, recapping is, is how you have presented, first of all, that the harvest is always ready. So say not that it's four months and then the harvest and how you have woven in with that the fact that we need to adjust our perspective uh, so that whenever we see an individual, mm -hmm. we know that that individual has either been drawn, will be drawn, or is being drawn. Uh, those, those for me personally mm. have just been absolute um, game changers in, in how I view um, this, this topic of evangelism. So um, today we're going to just take it to another level and we're looking forward to it. We're going to be talking about sowing and reaping. So as he's already mentioned in the lead in, do we only reap where we sow? No, sometimes we have to sow what we've ripped too, is what I've heard said before. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I didn't see that one coming. This is going to be good. <laughs> I didn't know that was a word. <laughs> Can you so give us the Strong's a, word for that, the Strong's reference yeah, for that? that? That one is sometimes you you can always make things worse than they already are. Mm -hmm. So then you got to come back in and clean up what you've messed up. So I'm going to let you do that portion. I'm going to let you sow what I rip. How about that? Mm, That's okay. Faster. All right. And so we'll but, upload it. That's it. But as far as the uh, question is for his sewing and um, one of his um, considering con uh, questions he was considering is, uh, do we, number one, do we reap only where we sow? Mm -hmm. No, I pray God that I don't reap what only I have sown. Because, man, I'm, I'd be in trouble but for the grace and mercy of God. Sure. So, And then, of course, in the sense of one of the uh, scriptures that we often use is that, uh, be not deceived, God is not mocked, whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also sure. reap. And again, we're talking about in the context of 
of flesh and, and works of the flesh. But when it comes to the work of the Spirit, there's none of us that would ever assume that uh, we only have righteousness that we have of ourself, which is would be self-righteousness. So there's none of us that would ever get to that thought process that uh, all the righteous I have is my own righteousness. Well, no way. Where did that righteousness come from? That came from God. So if we could take those principles of holiness and righteousness and somehow weave it in, uh, weave evangelism into that and harvest into that, mm -hmm. then it would better serve the question, do we only reap where we have sown? Well, we don't reap only, we, we don't only have holiness and righteousness that is of our own doing. Neither do we have a harvest based on only what we do. So I think that's the way to approach that question, maybe. And then I think you but, asked the question, can, maybe. Can I, sure. can I ask this then? Because you, to me, you raise um, both interesting and important point that whatsoever a man soweth, that will he also reap. But that that is in nature, so to speak. Right. So other scriptures that come, and I'm not wanting to derail this. I'm just I'm, as a sure. follow-up question to to the initial question. Um, you know, this man sowed and 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 he he reaped thirtyfold, sixtyfold, a hundredfold. Is it even possible to increase that return without with with only getting a return where you've sown? Could you ask that one again? Is it possible to... <clears throat> Meaning this, is it possible... So some some get 30-fold, some get 60-fold, mm -hmm. some get 100-fold. So is it is it even possible to get that where it's only in the area that I have sown? Or do I have to somehow get into that dimension where I am reaping where someone else... That's it. And, and I got your question now. So 30, 60, 90 is based on what he harvested, not right. on particular what was sown in particular. Uh, then we need to find out who the sower is. And in the parable, there's two parables that deal with sowing and reaping in the New Testament. Um, one, uh, one calls the sower the son of man, and the second one calls the sower, the, the son of man. So we know who the sower is. It's the son of man, he that soweth. Again, I think that would pull back from the verse that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me, thus connecting the verse as well, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die. So Calvary being the moment when sower was sown, that's the beautiful part is that the sower was sown into the ground. He's not just a sower, but he's the seed. He's he's the one that was crucified. He's the grain of wheat that fell into the ground. And if he uh, be lifted up, or for that matter, placed into the ground, then that which would come forth would be a harvest that would always be ready. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So when he said the work is finished, just as he did in Genesis, uh, he created the natural process, the natural world. Now he's sitting at Calvary, or shall I say, 
hanging at Calvary. And he says, it is finished. Mm-hmm. Again, the work of, of harvest is about to um, be completed in the context of he's laying down his life. He's going to now draw all men into him, and we're going to see a ready harvest. And thus, the reason why within 50 days you could see 3,000 harvested. Why? Because it was that experience of death, burial, resurrection. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground. And die. It abideth alone. But it doesn't come back up as just an ear, and it doesn't just come back as another grain of corn. It truly produces the harvest. And the entire harvest all started started with one grain of wheat or corn. Hmm. So we are tapping into that. And we had nothing to do with that, with, with, with that corn of wheat being sown. No, Jesus asked us in areas to be righteous, be holy as he is holy. But we know at the end of the day, there's none righteous. There's none yeah. holy. There's yeah. none that doeth good. All have gone aside. So we have to depend on the righteousness of God. Doesn't mean we do away with sanctifying ourselves. But we know at the end of the day, it's the work of Christ. That is the mentality that we must bring into the harvest if we want to reap the same supernatural spiritual benefits as we do with righteousness and holiness. Then we also are able to reap uh, the harvest, the spiritual harvest, evangelism. Uh, but it's a spiritual con- context, seeing it through the eyes of the Spirit. Mm. Mm, so that's good. one, one, Go ahead. one. One of the uh, verses uh, in verse 38, kind of jumping quickly to that, it says, I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. What's the full so, reference there, Pastor Townley? Uh, that's for John listeners. chapter 4, verse 38. And so he, he quickly says, I sent you to reap. And again, I think we've mentioned it before, but um, knowing when to drop the plow, and knowing when to take the sickle is so vital. Mm-hmm. There's not uh, a wise man would not drop a plow into a standing field of corn. I would be foolish. Man, harvest that corn before you plow it. Okay, so uh, there are times in your life when you are sowing in many areas of your life, which then would lead to uh, another segment altogether, which would deal with seasons. Now that's a powerful. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. powerful moment to deal with what about churches do they go through seasons that's another that's episode whole, yes thank you there uh good i was inviting myself <laughs> don't chase that there. rabbit <laughs> <laughs> i promise you that one would get us into a whole mm-hmm. nother season so uh john four thirty eight, when he says i went i sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor to me this is one of the most beautiful things about evangelism is that I'm so glad that I'm not required every day to go out and harvest based on my righteousness, not based on just my efforts and my work. I literally believe that he has gone before me, he's already sowed, and I'm there to harvest that which he has already prepared. Uh, God, there are people, uh, just this week I've watched it and seen it. I had a man um, sit down with us, and I have for eight years have... Uh, talked with this man and visited with this man. And it it wasn't like I was giving him a lot of scriptures. As a matter of fact, I was just filling him out most of the time. But just this week, uh, 
he brought his Bible, walked into the office, and he is, he is, a, a, he is an official of our city. And he said, look, I want to talk about X, Y, Z. And then we began to talk about multiple things. Again, though, that harvest was something that the Lord prepared. The, the Lord brought that about. Mm-hmm. So I sent you to reap whereon ye bestowed no labor, and ye are entered into other men's labor. So to answer the question up front so we don't get this whole episode done, and I still didn't answer. That uh, wouldn't have never have happened in the past, yeah, would it? No, no. No, I wouldn't <laughs> want someone to think that I was going to tell them a story or not tell the truth there. So, uh, Did we ever find the apple? The no, famous, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> the famous bait and switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was in someone's eye, I think, when we finally found it. <laughs> how you see it. There we go. So uh, I sent you to reap where you bestowed no labor. So the bottom line is I know that there's a harvest that I didn't labor, and he said, go get it. Now, I want to read this backwards. I know it's uh, it just tends to open up for me. I like to read the end to the beginning a lot of times. Sometimes I start with a magazine and I'll flip backwards. Sure. Uh, okay, so not everyone's that way, but it does happen. So at 38, I sent you to read where you bestowed no labor. 37 says, herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. Okay, and hmm. so we're saying, well, see, I'm, I'm a sower, and somebody else is going to do the reaping. I think we got to be careful in that context mm-hmm. because here Jesus is saying, I sent you to reap. I didn't send you to sow. Hmm. Now, I know that that can be a whole segment, and I'm, I'm open to a conversation about that. But as it relates to harvest, he said, I sent you to reap. One okay, sows. Let me ask, you're, you're saying as it relates specifically to evangelism is it as it relates specifically to evangelism sure because we understand and and i i i know that we're on the same page with this but preaching is sowing every time you step in a pulpit and you read the word of god you're sowing but as it pertains to the field being the world i think right and the paradigm that the word constitutes only the plow or the seed. Mm-hmm. Remember, the word was what was the sickle on the day of Pentecost. Right. Right. So for so, I don't mind someone's mindset being that. Hey, the so, word is is sowing. So Peter was reaping; he wasn't sowing. He had the sickle in He had the sickle in his hand, and what was the tool? The word. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Hmm. That's an interesting perspective. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So let me ask you this. Um, so what happens when your perspective gets messed up? So, and this is a bit of a setup again because we've talked about this, but. Um, so in the parable where uh, the servant looks at the master and says he's reaped where he didn't sow, again, the same, the same sort of um, idea of sowing and reaping, but yet uh, in the parable of the talents is where I'm talking, and he says that, does that illustrate why that servant um, was rebuked because of his poor perspective? Notice, notice that, that that is just kind of a, so many rich uh, parallels there. Number one, he says uh, he gave 
gave to one, uh, mm-hmm. two, and five. Here's here's what my my question is. I wonder if the one that only got one was a bit envious and jealous of the others as they begin to multiply and grow. Mm-hmm. And as it is always, when a brother has a problem with a brother, it always eventually leads up to the good master. That's where the real issue comes down to. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, been the, that's been the the way since another subject matter, but Cain, yeah, and Abel. Yeah. I mean, yeah, my, my problem with the brother is a reflection on Jesus refusing me. Mm. Yeah, and it's always going to be a dead shepherd in there somewhere if you're not careful. Mm. So well, there's a Bible bomb. <laughs> now let me go ahead and throw this one in, and this will be for another session as well. But what was one of the curses that came upon the shepherd killer? Going to have to till. That's true. But, but the soil uh, would not. That's it. Wow. It would be fruitless. It right. wouldn't, you wouldn't have the, the ability to harvest. Right. So, right. Um, so the harvest was disrupted, the, yeah. Absolutely. It, and he was cursed. So fruitlessness tends to, at times, can sometimes look like a curse. Now, I know that barrenness is not always a curse. Fruitlessness is a curse. And it brings hmm. a curse. Wow. So, so back to what just... back to what you were saying. I'm not <laughs> wanting to get you off off of that. Back to what you were saying with the 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 servant that received the one talent. So the servant one talent, and um, so the it appears as though there was a bitterness there, and it came out. And what it came out was in the form of here I have kept and preserved what you've given to me. And so a lot of times, if we're not careful, we think that preservation is righteousness. Preservation is holiness. Preservation, look, I still got what I was given. And he said, you're a wicked and a slothful mm. servant because you should have. You know, he said, look, I knew that you were an astir man. You reap where you had not sown. You gathered where you had not strawed. And so, and, and so you're dealing with the two context of harvest there. You're dealing with the sowing and the actual reaping, and you're dealing with the winnowing, and you're dealing with uh, as they begin to, uh, the wind would blow away the chaff, and, and you could have nothing but harvest left there. So he said, you, you didn't, those moments, you reap where you didn't do the sowing. He said, well, you're a wicked man because you didn't allow the process to happen. You should have taken that and put it to usury at least when I would have returned. Now, there are some, and I heard a wise man give this illustration, and he said it like this, that, you know, not everybody has the ability, not everyone has all the talents that others are given, all right? But we do have the ability to at least double what we are. Obviously, yeah, that's what he absolutely. says. Absolutely, I, I but, agree with that. Maybe you don't have five. Maybe you have two. Maybe you have one. But you have the ability to double what you have. At that setting, the one, you should have put it to the usury. At least if you feel like I can't speak with someone, what if you were to go and return this talent into the hands of God and pray and fast and pray for the laborers to enter into the harvest? You know, I heard... um I'm I'm trying to remember who I who I heard this from, but it was an elder, and he made the statement. He said, "You know, when when someone has a desire to do something for God, maybe they want a, a desire to be a preacher, a desire to pastor. 
He said that before he would send anybody out, he would require that they replaced themselves. That was proof that they were ready to go out. So in other words, if you're going to if, if you're going to be sent out of this church to start a church plant, etc., then you got to replace yourself before you leave. So really, that comes back to that principle that, that is clear here. Everybody's called the double. Can replace themselves. One of the first statements that uh, the Bible calls a tree in the book of Genesis, he, he made the fruit-bearing trees. That's what they're called from the very beginning. So one of the, uh, you know, principles of first, you'll see it there in Genesis. It's a fruit-bearing tree. Uh, the tree was cursed not because of its uh, giftlessness. It was uh, cursed because of its fruitlessness. So, uh, again, again, I don't like taking harvest to the context of guilt, and I'm, and I'm talking very strong today from the parables, and I'm talking from the fruitless tree. But I think one of the things that I really would like to encourage a person's faith in is that the harvest, and I take you back to one of the core principles, uh, harvest is ready. Now, this morning while I was uh, doing some meditating on, on the harvest this morning, one of the key points of that is that, you know, open, lift up your eyes for the fields are white. They are all ready to harvest. So uh, this is what I like is that you're not approaching this from, well, if I could get my eyes open, uh, I could, I could, I could see a harvest. Mm -hmm. it, it could happen. No, no, no. He said, open your eyes for the harvest is ready. So whether you see it or not, is that's irrelevant. The wow. harvest is ready. So it's not a matter of the possibility of what you could see if you could see it right. That's not the issue even. Whether you see it right or not, the harvest is ready. Wow. So I hope wow. I hope we do see it. I hope we do see it right. But even if we don't see it right, he says it's still ready. This whole concept of reaping where you didn't sow or where another man has sown um, Number one, I'm experiencing this by taking over a church that that has that has 86 plus years of of history. I'm I'm reaping where I didn't sow. Is there is there also and and I've often looked at at the position that I have been in through the lens of the promise to the children of Israel when they went into the promised land. And, and I think that is a beautiful understanding. And I think if we could grasp that setting, you know, what, what, what idea we should grasp that idea that man, I am seeing, I see where I am reaping where I didn't. sow. I am reaping where I didn't do the labor. Great. Grab that principle, grab that fact and apply it to evangelism. Because here's the key. If we can apply that same 
if we can understand a principle in one area, then, man, it's so much easier if we can take that principle and apply it over in evangelism. So here's the beautiful part. You have reaped what you didn't sow in the church setting. Here's the beauty now. Jesus says, I want to do the same thing for you in the world of evangelism. Thus, the portion of the parable that says the field is the world. So we have the church where we can reap benefits of righteousness and holiness and fruit of the spirit. And the list goes on, but he's saying, look, I want you to grasp that in the field of harvest in the field of the world. I can also give you harvest where you didn't do the labor. Wow. So then I, as an individual, as it pertains specifically to evangelism, can move into a house I didn't build. And I can, or, or maybe more, more aptly applied, uh, a vineyard mm-hmm. that I didn't plant. I, I love the portion of the intro of that verse, which is in Exodus, uh, pardon me, Deuteronomy 6 and 11. I love the entrance. First, he says, I'll give you cities that you didn't build. And too often we connect that with houses that we didn't build. But that's not what he says. He says, I'll give you houses full that thou fillest not. Wow. Yeah. Things you find out when you read your Bible. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, yeah. so he'll give you cities that you didn't build. The reason why he gave you cities you didn't build so he could give you houses full that you didn't mm. feel. How they get there? Well, let me ask. Uh, this is a good question. How did the how did the animals get on the ark? Hmm. I wonder what that draw was that brought them. Yeah, absolutely. And so, just like there was a supernatural draw in the heart of the beast, uh, there's also a supernatural draw that's in the heart of humanity. I will draw all men unto you. We can read, uh, again, going backwards, look at verse 36. He says, He that reapeth and receiveth wages and gathereth fruit into life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. So let's take the context of the sower, Jesus Christ, sowing that seed, falling to the ground, drawing men unto him. Then we have the privilege then of taking the sickle, the word of God, and in its context, as you brought out, sow it and reap it at the same time. So as I'm sowing, but, but I've got to keep the context of the sickle that when I sit down with a Bible study, here's, here's one of the beautiful things that I try to do. I try to see that individual already harvested. I try to see them Tears already running down their face. I try to get a mental picture of that person already repented, already with their hands lifted, and them experiencing God filled with the Holy Ghost and already am praying that the fruit would remain and that they themselves would bring forth fruit. So before I sat down to do that Bible study with that individual mentally, I'm trying to see that person, not just me, uh, not just the fact that God's already drawing them, mm-hmm. but the fact that I can 
speak to them about the word and immediately reap that harvest at the same moment so that sower and reaper is rejoicing together at that moment. If I'm going to be the sower, then let me be the reaper as well. So he says, well, but one sows and another reapeth. Then I'm going to let Jesus be the sower, and I'm going to be the reaper. Like he said, this saying is true. I sent you to reap. So if he's doing the sowing, then he sent me to do the reaping. That that ties in um, with Mark 16 and 20 then, when when Jesus has just told them, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. Okay, he lists it all. He ascends to glory, and they went preaching everywhere. The, the Lord, Lord working working with them. He did the work. They did the harvesting. Exactly. <laughs> so the preaching from, from what you've been speaking about this last few minutes, as they preached, it was the sickle that was going into the harvest and the Lord worked with them. You know, I'm not, I truly do not want to do away with the concept of sowing. Just as you said, every time I step in the pulpit, I'm sowing. Exactly right. Here's the, but the field is the world. The pulpit's not the world. Right. You know, that doesn't mean we don't have some of the field uh, in, in our churches on Sunday mornings. But sure. but I don't ever want to minimize the value of preaching, the value of teaching, the value of reaching, the value of working. But neither do I want to minimize the moment, this, the absolute harvest that is ready right now, reap it now, reap it now. Well, for sure, preaching is not the only evangelistic tool. So, if setting on a well can be an evangelism too, as well. That's, right. mm. That's exactly right. Exactly. Wow, this has been awesome, and we'll be back for more. So, which came first, the sower or the reaper? Wasn't that a cool discussion with Pastor Wade Townley? As Pastor McKillop said. We will have him back again. So that means we will have more discussion on evangelism in the near future. Thanks again for joining us today on Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are joining us. And we'll see you next time on Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop.